I, I have full faith in, uh, in, in Kenny. Um, he's shown us some good things, and obviously there were some issues with the offense, and I'm excited about the impact that, that Arthur Smith's going to have on him. You know, I'm, Arthur's very optimistic about Kenny, and um, you know, I know they've communicated and um, said we'll, we'll have uh, some strong competition there, and um, we'll see where it goes. On ESPN Las Vegas. Full faith in Kenny Pickett. Yeah, he's a Band-Aid. Yeah, he's a Band-Aid. Not a very good Band-Aid either. No, he's a rip-off Band-Aid yeah, right away. Yeah, that's a Band-Aid that's been, stick. On, been on for like three days, yeah, kind of hanging off. off. Yeah. yeah. Is Aiden Got o- some water on it. Is Aiden O'Connell a Band-Aid? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Is he even a Band-Aid? Because they're already trying to replace him. Uh, Band-Aids get replaced pretty quickly. Okay. Bandages stick around for a little ah, bit longer. okay. Okay. Maybe Derek Carr was a bandage oh he was a bandage for 10 years no maybe i think Derek Carr was like a cast yeah yeah he was, he was a cast like <laughs> Ru- you don't you don't really want it but it's gonna be there for a little while russell wilson was kind of like a bandage for who for denver oh yeah eh, maybe not he wasn't there that long yeah what a year and a half he they, played they didn't like him either it was a gross bandage yeah. that was like they got hurt while camping and they just ripped a shirt up and tied it around his right bleeding arm baker mayfield might be a bandage yeah, he might be. So assuming they re-sign him, yeah, yeah, he's a bandage. A good one. Like, they got that one. That oh, yeah, he's that a heavy duty. On firm. He's yeah, a heavy, yeah, he's the no, best you can get. They got the blood stopped and everything. Yeah, he's, he's a hospital bandage. <laughs> he's not an at-home kit. Here we go. The first bite. Would the Raiders be better off with a veteran free agent quarterback? Can we say who it is? So, there's two names I want to talk about today. First one's Kirk Cousins. Uh, there was a report last week that the Vikings are not willing to give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed deal. Every contract that Cousins has signed with the Vikings has been fully guaranteed. Now, the key is that none of them have been longer than three years. Everything he signed with Minnesota has been three years or less. It's a lot easier to fully guarantee something that's one, two, or three years as opposed to four or five. But Cousins is going to be 36 in August. I assume he's looking for at least three years and presumably fully guaranteed. Coming off an injury, I can understand why the Vikings might be hesitant. Especially to Achilles. Him, yeah, to give him a fully guaranteed three-year deal because you might be on the hook for three years of a quarterback that's not very effective and maybe not even healthy. But that opens the door to Kirk Cousins not playing for the Minnesota Vikings next year. I would guess he still ends up in Minnesota, but it's – Less of a sure thing than it probably was a couple of months ago. If you're the Raiders, would you be interested in landing Kirk Cousins? I guess it would have to be the term in the contract. I'm not saying no. I I want them to draft somebody. I really want them to draft somebody. I want them to get up and draft some one of those top three, but I'm thinking more and more it's just not going to be possible. And I don't think they should sit around at 13 and guess on a guy like a Bo Nix unless they really, really fall in love with him and – I don't know how you can really, really fall in love with Bo Nix at 13 or Michael Penix at 13, even J.J. McCarthy if he slips, which I don't think he will. Proven winner, Ed. Yeah, he's a proven winner, which means he's a Raider. Um, Yeah, I don't know know if I'd give a 36-year-old with an Achilles a fully guaranteed deal for three years. Yeah, it's an interesting spot to be in because we've talked about the quarterback situation for the Raiders. It's not really great if you're not picking in the top three this offseason because the free agent class isn't very good, but that free agent class is a lot better if Kirk Cousins is available because Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that you know can can be the starter on a playoff level team I think 
the question I would have is if you can't get in the top three, are you trying your hardest to win as many games as possible in 2024? Or are you at all more concerned with the future? Because if you're if you can't get in the top three and your goal is to simply win as many games as possible in twenty twenty four, Kirk go get Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That, like, that, but that's a band aid in a sense. Oh, it absolutely is that's a band aid. It's in an sense. old thirty six yeah. year old band aid. But like if you're if the objective is twenty twenty four, we want to win as many games as we possibly can in twenty twenty four, Kirk Cousins is probably the best option outside of having a top three draft pick. Right. So but again, is that the best goal for an organization when you're trying to figure out who your quarterback is? It might be better to take more of a risk on Bo Nix or one of those guys and hope that that turns into a really good quarterback who's not 36, who's 23 or whatever, and you have that guy for five years, 10 years, whatever it is, as a competent quarterback. That's probably a better way to approach it, but that means you're saying 2024 is not as important, is not, hey, we're all in on 2024. And from everything we've heard, Antonio Pierce is all in on 2024. Yeah, and who's to say the Bo Nixes could, like you said, draft someone and win as many as you can, could win as much as Kirk Cousins right, right away. Yeah, probably wouldn't. Probably would not. Yeah, you're looking, you're hoping more for 25 and 26. Right, that he gets better, yeah. just continues to improve, and then he's your quarterback yeah. for the next 10 years. in 2024... It's pretty safe prediction, unless he can't play because of his injury, that Kirk Cousins is going to be better than Bo Nix or Michael Penix or J.J. Yes. McCarthy. Yes. But in 25 and 26, when Kirk Cousins is 37 and 38... That could change. Right. You if you And if you draft one of those guys, you'd better change. Yeah. And so if, if one of those guys is good, surely one will be better than Kirk Cousins in 2025 and 2026, and that's what you would be hoping for if you decided to draft one instead of signing Kirk Cousins, and all this, again, if Kirk Cousins actually does hit free agency. I'm still expecting the Vikings to re-sign him, um, but there's a little bit more of a chance he hits free agency. The other veteran free agent quarterback, or free agent to be, the other is what band everybody's aid. expecting, Russell Wilson. Uh, Broncos have to pay him $39 million, but the expectation is that he is going to get cut by the Broncos, that they are moving on from Russell Wilson. Mike Florio, uh, he posted a story kind of wondering, would Wilson play for the league minimum, $1.2 million, this upcoming season? Because he's getting $39 million from the Broncos no matter what, and he would be helping out his new team because right. he'd only be getting a $1.2 right. from them. A lot of money available. Right. Would he play for the league minimum to help out his new, new team? team? And... I don't think Russell Wilson's anything special. I'm not sitting here telling you that Russell Wilson on the Raiders is going to lead them to uh, playoffs. contending for the Super Bowl. Might not even be the playoffs. But if you can get Russell Wilson for $1.2 million, yeah. you kind of have yeah, to do that. To, yeah. I mean, again, he might not be willing to play for that. He might want his Denver Broncos money and say, hey. I want 20 more. Right. But if he if he said, all right, I'll play for $5 million. You you kind of have to do that. Like that's just a that's like too good of a deal to pass on when you don't have other great options. Who would have a better office? Him or, oh, him, him you or can't Antonio give Russ Pierce. the office. Him or Antonio Pierce? <laughs> Probably Russell Wilson. 
Really? Probably. I don't know if Antonio does Pierce be, would put Antonio up Antonio Pierce doesn't seem like the guy who's ever in his office. Is he in? Does he stay I mean, in the when, office? I mean, when they announced him as the coach, he walked down a hallway into his office, sat in his desk, and said something like, go Raiders or wasn't, Raiders. Wasn't or there like not said. even a computer on the desk? There was a computer. <laughs> was there? There was a, okay. there was a, there was a desktop. <laughs> okay. There was a desktop. <laughs> there's there's no way the Raiders give Wilson his own office. Oh, I know. They'll but tell him no, to I build just, one at home. It'd be great. be great if he be was be hilarious like, if they did. I'll play for 1.2, but you got to give me the head coach office. Yeah. But so that like that's one where just the deal is is like, oh, that's actually probably worth it. Because here's the thing. If Russell if Russell Wilson just is bad, he's his career he's just done. And you paid him one point two million dollars, who cares? Right. Like that's right. like who cares? So and then you can try next year to find your quarterback. So that's one where if he was willing to play for that cheap, you just have to I, I think you just have to do it and give it a shot because that's we it's talk no about money. we talk about rookie quarterbacks and how they're so valuable because you can get league average play for cheap. Right. This would be like five times cheaper than a rookie quarterback yeah. this year and Wilson's probably going to give you about league average play. That'd be my expectation for this year. I think he gave that last year. Yeah. I mean that's that's the problem is the Broncos paid him like he was going to be a top 5 right. guy. Right. He gave you and, league average. Yeah. So those are two things there. The other part on this that I'm really curious to see because Antonio Pierce has made it clear he really wants to draft a quarterback. He doesn't want the Band-Aid. He wants to go get a guy in the draft and have that guy be the quarterback for a decade. But they don't pick in the top three. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a chance, it probably won't happen, but there's a chance that they might fall in love with Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy, and that guy's gone when they pick at 13. Yes. Other, that's what people keep forgetting. They talk about the top three. Between three and 13, other teams need yeah. quarterbacks as well. So there's a chance the Raiders walk out of this draft – Without a quarterback. There's a chance that they walk out of the draft with a fourth-round quarterback, just like Aiden O'Connell last year, in which case nobody's going to be that excited about who the fourth-round quarterback is. So what I'm really curious to see timing-wise, free agency starts March 13th. The NFL draft is on April 25th. If Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson, and even if we go down the list and we get to Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew and maybe Jameis Winston, if these guys are all free agents... On March 13th, what happens if they're all signed before the draft gets here? Right. And then the Raiders don't then, actually get a quarterback. Then Aiden O'Connell could be the quarterback. That's horrifying. Well, it's yeah, it's not good. Antonio Pierce has spent the last two days saying everything he can to the tell last us two that days, Pierce the last shouldn't two be weeks. the quarterback. Yeah. And so I'm fascinated by the timing because in an ideal situation for the Raiders, the draft comes... And if you don't get a quarterback, Cousins and Wilson and Minshew and Winston are all still available. But that's probably not going to be the case. These maybe right. maybe like Gardner Minshew is available after the draft, and that's where they pivot to, which wouldn't be that exciting either. But there's a chance any of the decent free agent quarterbacks are gone, and then we come to the draft, and the Raiders don't. They basically don't control their destiny for any of the five best quarterbacks in the draft. Right. And so, all of a sudden, we could be talking about the Raiders just not having an answer at quarterback because they sat out free agency because they wanted to draft one and then couldn't draft one. Sam Hartman with the best hair in the draft. Might be Sam Hartman. Yeah. Fourth-round pick Sam Hartman competing with fourth-round pick pick Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. And so, the timing of this is really, really intriguing to me um, as to what happens to the Raiders and what they do at this quarterback spot because they should – probably be interested in free agent guys in case the draft doesn't work out but they appear to want the draft could you see him doing both 
not Kirk Cousins in a draft pick, probably not Russell Wilson in a draft pick. But like, if you told me they signed Gardner Minshew on March twentieth, and on thirteenth picked Michael Penix, yeah, that yes, I think you could absolutely see that because then you could say, hey, we've got well, Gardner's going to start, and we're going to let Penix got a bandaid, and then Penix is going to be behind him, is going to sit behind him for a year or something like that. Or you could, I mean, to be honest, Gardner, I I think Gardner Minshew's good, but to be honest, you could sign Minshew, draft Penix, and say it's an open competition. Right, uh, right. You know, you could, Aiden, you're not involved. Well, and that's the thing. is like Aiden O'Connell, if he's your backup next year, that's fine. I, I don't think they should be worried about like, oh, we have to have Aiden O'Connell on the roster. If they sign Minshew and draft J.J. McCarthy, okay, see you later, Aiden O'Connell. You can be our third guy if you, if you don't get picked up by another team. But like there shouldn't be a fear of losing Aiden O'Connell if you end up with two other quarterbacks this right. offseason. But maybe that is the smartest way to do it, is to sign Gardner Minshew and then draft And then guy. draft somebody. Yeah, that might be the best way to do it, um, just so you aren't stuck at the end of the draft with, uh-oh, right. where are we going now? Jacoby Brissett's our only option. Right. And then you're like, yikes, this is a little, this is a little scary for us. So There's no way all those guys left to last till the draft. No yeah, chance. Right. I'm sure no I'm chance. sure there will be someone after Cousins the draft. Back to Minnesota. Yeah. I'm sure there will be someone after the draft that's still out there, a Jacoby Brissett type, but nobody's going to be excited if they go through the draft, don't get anybody, and it's, and hey, sign Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, come on down. Yeah. Our coach said a month ago he didn't want a Band-Aid, but you are a Band-Aid. You are a Band-Aid. Coming up next, we'll get into the Golden Knights after they lost to the Bruins last night. Sends it behind Stevenson. Center is a shot. Amadio scores! Soft wrist shot from Mike Amadio, set up by Chandler Stevenson. Two Golden Knights crisscrossing in front of the goal. Once again, it's a one-goal game. You're listening to the Press Box on ESPN Las Vegas. The Golden Knights lost to the Bruins 5-4 yesterday. Boston led 3-0 after the first period. Golden Knights actually had the game tied 4-4 in the third before Losing. Uh, shout out to Bruce Cassidy, who yesterday after the game said he's not into moral victories. Right. Uh, I appreciate one that. The, one of the first things he said on the first question. Uh, they won the Stanley Cup last year. There's no reason a we came from 3 nothing down to lose by one yeah. should be viewed as a positive. And I enjoy that. Bruce Cassidy, I think, is my favorite coach in Las Vegas sports right now. He's the one that will – ah, Pierce is pretty damn it's good. It's going to change if Pierce wins. Yeah, Pierce is pretty good. But, like, Cassidy Cassidy says things where I'm like, I agree with what Cassidy says more often than not. Most coaches say something like, all right, what's going on there? But Cassidy says things and I'm like, thank you, to come out and just say no moral victories. Yes, you shouldn't have moral victories. You won the damn Stanley right. Cup last year. Um, now, here's the question I want to ask you. Did Aiden Hill have a good game yesterday? Not by his stats. No, his number's not very good. His numbers aren't very good. save percentage and negative 2.31 goal saved above average in that game. Uh, But if you look at what they gave up, the first three goals of the game, the three goals Boston scored in the first period, they had some pretty bad breakdowns. Boston scored two goals where Vegas turned it over in the offensive zone and led to one breakaway and one three-on-two. And by the way, they Boston were lucky it wasn't on. 5-0 or 6-0. Eh, not really. I thought I thought there was they were all over them that first I period. mean, yeah, but teams don't score on every chance. I, no. Okay, quick side note. I hate when people say it could be 5 or 6. It's never 5 or 6. It but, could be. No, but it can't be. But it Hockey, could be. No. Hockey players do not score on every dangerous chance they get. If they did, hockey games would be 21 to 20. 
but hockey players they suck. were all over him that first right period. but you don't score on every shot not every shot but a couple well. other ones not really <laughs> they scored on three of them <laughs> they were their expected goals in the first period was like 1.8 it sh- should have been two and it was three it's stupid. It's hockey. No, people sidebar, don't score. I disagree. People don't sidebar. score that much in hockey. It just doesn't happen. Did you say sidebar? I had side notes, I think, is what <laughs> I would like. Um, but the positive side for Aiden Hill, he made two big saves in the third period. Golden Knights were trailing 4-3, to three, cross-eyes pass. He makes a save, actually sprung the Chandler Stevenson breakaway game-tying goal. And then when it was 4-4, he made another save on a cross-eyes pass. So did he play well? Maybe he played well late. Well, he gave up the game-winning goal well, five hole. That I mean, was a, that like that, of all the goals was, that went up, that one was terrible. But those were two great saves. I mean, I I tend to look at a whole game, and his percentage was eight forty four. Now again, you're right. They didn't play well in front of him the first in the first period. They were turning the pucks over. That Boston was all over them in the offensive zone. Um, so he might have played better than his stats showed. He probably played better than his stats showed, but I think. Aiden Hill played poorly last night. Do you think he should have been pulled? No, because I don't generally think goalies should be pulled. And the Golden Knights haven't done a lot of goalie pulling. No, in he their is history. not. He is not done well. And Cassidy hasn't done since he's right. been here. But Aiden Hill did get pulled in a game earlier this year when he had given up. Was I think it was four goals in the first period uh, last week? Yeah, yeah, last week. And it wasn't really his fault. Like the team in front of him was playing poorly, and then Logan Thompson came in and gave up three more, three more, or whatever it was. Um, so, uh, but I, to me, pulling goalies, usually it's because the team sucks in front of the goalie and they've given up 14 scoring chances in six minutes and the goalie wasn't able to stop, but 11 of them. And you're like, oh wow, the goalie sucks. And it's usually like, eh, not really. Everybody else sucks and they pull the goalie anyways. I think pulling goalies is generally stupid because usually you're taking out the better goalie when the rest of the team is playing like crap which clearly decreases your chances at winning because you're putting in a worse goalie when everybody else is playing like crap. Unless the better goalie's sitting that night. Yeah, well, yeah, sometimes that happens. But usually they don't bring in the better goalie when he has the night off because they want him to just have the night off. But the logic is the same as, like, if Steph Curry missed his first four shots or something and everybody else on the Warriors was playing like crap, you're not sitting Steph Curry. No, you're not pulling Steph Curry. Right, and it'd be stupid. It'd be like, uh uh-oh, Shohei Otani's 0 for 3 tonight. But, oh, don't talk about it. He's, he's married now. But he's up in the ninth inning with the tying run on no. second. And yeah, he's got, you got to pull him. He's got a lot of motivation. His new wife is in the Ed, stands. And there's plenty of married players who suck. <laughs> Not Shohei. Probably most of them. Not Shohei. <laughs> he's married. Um, but I don't think Aiden Hill had anything of a special night last night. Here was my big question of Bruce Cassidy, though. In the third period, tie game 4-4, four to four, under seven minutes. Sheldon Rimple took a terrible penalty. He was on the ice, swung his stick like 180 uh, degrees to trip up a Bruin. They call the easy penalty, and then Boston scores on the power play for their fifth and ultimately game-winning goal. Game-winning goal. My question is, why was Sheldon Rimple and the fourth line on the the ice in a tie game with less than seven minutes to go? I know the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup last year. Because of their depth. Because they could play all four lines. Right. The fourth line that they're currently playing with is an AHL line. The fourth line that they're currently playing with is not the normal good fourth line that the Golden Knights have. And last night in particular, the fourth line was the worst line the Golden Knights had. By expected goals, by scoring chances, by Corsi, 
worst line that was performing last night. Cassidy, I think, in that scenario has got to change. You've got to be like, all right, we're used to rolling four lines because that fourth line is Carrier, Wah, and Colasaw. Yeah, exactly. But now that that's the third line. Well, Carrier's hurt, but that's the damn third line because of all the injuries. And the fourth line is three AHL guys who are not playing that well tonight. I don't think you can have them on the ice. And like that's a scenario where you well, especially Ryan with seven minutes left, right? And say, hey, tie game. There's ten minutes to go. You guys aren't playing anymore. Like we're a three line team right now, and that's the part that I think is um, Cassidy doing something that he would do with a fully healthy lineup and would be no problem. They won the cup doing that. That he shouldn't be doing with the beat up lineup that yeah. they have right now. Y'all buy into that? I mean, maybe he just is so used to playing four lines that that's how he that's how yeah. he coaches. Yeah, and I probably pretty easy to do so it's just all right fourth line get back right. out there um but i think that's a situation where he probably shouldn't be on the ice and the other thing and i don't know if this is i don't know what it says about the other guys on the team but the golden knights uh had to pull the goalie last night they're losing by one they pulled the goalie among the six skaters on the ice with the goalie pulled one of them was keegan Kolasar. hey guys are hurt <laughs> i know guys are hurt you gotta go to somebody <laughs> Somebody's got to be on the ice as the sixth guy. Keegan, like that's when it was like, oh, all right. So they're not coming back to win this game because Keegan Colasar is the one in front of the net trying to score a goal with an empty net. Incredible. Couldn't get it done six on four. Because Keegan Colasar is on the ice. <laughs> of course they couldn't get it done. So they lost last night. Um, Jack Eichel could be back, though, at Regular some point. Regular sweater. Uh, yeah, he's practiced. I know Cassidy talked yesterday about him having to – take some contact to really get a better idea of when he could come back and all this. So we'll see. They've got, what is it, two two more on this road trip before they come uh, back home? Buffalo, Columbus? Yeah. So they he could play on this road trip. It could be wait until he, uh, they come back home. But Eichel's close. I think the one problem, uh, not with Eichel coming back, but the one problem with sort of the narrative around Eichel coming back, they're still going to have Sheldon Rimple and Mason Morelli in the lineup like he only knocks one of those AHL guys out of the lineup so yes obviously he's very good and it helps but they're still beat up they still don't have yes they don't have carry they don't have right. stone uh, so it will help quite a bit if you can knock say Nick Waugh down to that fourth line right. to play with Morelli and Rimple or whoever they decide they'll probably call somebody else up when they get back home but that's uh not necessarily a fix-all by just having Eichel back, if your fourth line is not going to be productive, Nick Waugh is not going to go down there and save Sheldon Rimple and Mason Morelli. And Mason, really. So, but maybe Eichel scores a couple goals here and there and makes up for Sheldon Rimple whacking a guy in the skates with six minutes to go in the game and losing the game for him. All right, coming up next, we're going to get uh, into some D.C. sports with the Commanders picking second overall as Grant Paulson joins the show. Now, back to the Press Box on ESPN Las Vegas. We will hopefully get Grant Paulson on the phone here in a minute. In the meantime, we're trying to give away $2,024 every day. All you have to do is send us a text message. We've got a new code word every day. And all you got to do is send that code word to 702-364-1100. And you are entered to win $2,024. Today's word is chip. C-H-I-P. Like a poker chip. Why are you looking at me confused? Like a poker chip. I got you. These are all Las Vegas words. Here. I got you. Don't tell, don't tell anybody what's coming don't up in the future. Don't put your name. Don't put ESPN. Yeah, just C-H-I-P. 
That's all you got to do. Oh, chip. man. I can only imagine what's coming in on this <laughs> word. <laughs> so chip is your code word today. C-H-I-P. Text that to 702-364-1100, and you will be entered to win $2,024. Uh, did you see what Drake May said this morning? No, I, I know the quarterbacks did talk, though. Ah, I kind of love this quote. Drake May said, you don't want a game plan for me. You want a game plan with me. Oh. I, ca- I kind of like that quote. Yeah, I do have that audio. Oh, you're playing that later? Yeah. Oh, it's a good quote. I kind of like that quote. That's a fun one. I, he might be bad. We talked about it yesterday. Drake what, May might be no bad. No one has talked about him. Uh, but I like that quote. Yeah, It's it's kind of strange. Everyone, Caleb Williams, everyone, yeah. Jaden Daniels, and Drake May's kind of just been there assuming, just assumed as a top three pick by everybody, May- maybe which he probably is. Maybe it's because we talk about the Raiders and they're picking 13, but I feel like there's been more talk about McCarthy and and Nick's and Nick's than there yes. has been about Drake May. Yes, which is kind of strange. If uh, you if you thought Williams and Daniels were for sure going one two, would you trade? Would you still make the trade up to three? Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, listen, we talked about it yesterday with uh, Merrill Hodge and Kurt Benkert and their opinions yeah, they didn't on like Drake, Drake May. May. I it would rely a lot on what my scouts had to say. If my scouts in general agreed that Drake May is a, is a more is a less what was it a less athletic Mason Rudolph with or a no, worse le- arm less arm than Mason Rudolph, if my scouts agreed with that, then no, I'm like all right, I'm going to listen to you guys and we're not trading up to get Drake May at three. If my scouts were you know split on him or really positive on him, then yeah, I probably am. Uh, but you got to trade up quite a bit to get to three to get to three from thirteen. Like that's the issue there is you're giving up a lot, and if your scouts don't believe in in the guy Drake May, and then, uh, then it probably doesn't matter. What are you doing there? So I would be relying a lot on what my scouts said, and that's pro- and that's true of like Jaden Daniels too, right? If if three's available and May went second, and hey, we can trade up and get Jaden Daniels because the Patriots don't like him or something like that. If my scouts were like, oh yeah, this guy is he could be a superstar. All right, I'm doing it. If they're like. Ugh. He's not going to be able to make the same plays. In, uh, you know, I don't know. Foul. Antonio Pierce would never be eh about him. Point. They're not going to be the scouts much the scouts longer if they, yeah, say, exactly. if, if they say, say eh on Jay Daniels. Play. But, yeah, so that'd be uh, an interesting one there. The other thing on the commanders who are sitting at two, and we've heard nothing about them possibly trading out, did you see that their owner, Josh Harris, was sitting in on meetings with quarterbacks at the Combine? Okay. I mean, I believe is I'd, that I'd have to double check. I think Adam Schefter reported yesterday he's the only owner that is sitting, sitting in, in meetings, and that most owners are not even at the combine. Like a lot owners, of coaches aren't at the right, combine. The owners don't even show up for this. But Josh Harris, owner of the Commanders, not only is there but is sitting in. We don't know if he's how many questions he's asking, but he's at least sitting in on the interviews with the quarterbacks. I mean, he owns the team. <laughs> If he wants to sit on a meeting, I, I mean, yes, he, he can. He, he can. I mean, I think he can sit on a meeting. Again, if he's not asking questions and he's just observing, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Now, if he's in there leading the interview, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's a great thing. This is to to tie it to how we've talked about Mark Davis before in the past, where Mark Davis generally hires guys and then his hands backs off, off from until there, after right? the game with the meetings. Yeah, well, that that does happen. I forgot about those. But like generally speaking, Mark Davis has been like, I want to hire guys and let them. Do whatever. Right, do their jobs. Yeah. That's sort of the interesting part of this because is Josh Harris in there simply because he wants to meet these guys? They're they're picking a guy that they hope is the franchise quarterback for 15 years. 
that's fine. Or is he in there more worried about evaluating his GM and coach situation? Hmm. Where he's like, all right, well, what are these guys doing? Well, that would be great because that would be micromanaging in a right. way that is not probably good for the GM and coach. Right. And so that, but that's, if he's just hanging out. Yeah, because, again. Then let him hang out. They, they are hoping. They draft a guy who plays quarterback for them for 15 years. Yeah. And so if you're the owner of the team, yeah, I got no problem with let's sit in there and, and see because – you know who's gonna who's this guy gonna be that I'm gonna be paying a lot of money to paying money to marketing my entire franchise around like that's perfectly fine so that's an interesting part of what the commanders are doing I assume they're picking two I think really the only question is are they going Mayor Daniels at two assuming Caleb Williams goes one but would they go Mayor Daniels at two I think is the the primary question right there um but Joining us now from 106.7 The Fan in D.C. is Grant Paulson. Good morning, Grant. Thanks hey, Grant. for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. What's up, guys? How are you? Good. Um, so we got the Raiders out here. They need a quarterback, but they're picking 13. Their head coach is desperate to trade up to try to get Jaden Daniels. Is there any chance the commanders would trade out? I feel like there's been no conversation about the commanders even considering it. Would they consider trading out of two? It's funny you say that because on the show the last couple of days, that's kind of been my point. It's not that they should. I don't want them to. But it's amazing to me that there's not more of a conversation about them possibly trading back because they have such an unbelievable amount of need. And while I'm a big proponent of taking a quarterback when you're picking this high if you don't have one, they are the kind of ideal candidate in a trade back to try to reboot this roster as best as possible and get a King's Ransom. So, I certainly think it's a possibility. Uh, we had Adam Peters, the new general manager, on my show just a few days ago in D.C., and you know, I asked him just kind of more broadly, would you traditionally like trading up, trading back? And He talked about the value in moving back more so than going up, and I, I think that it is on the board. It's possible. But, look, they've been searching for an answer, a long-term sufficient quarterback for the better part of 30 years. It's like them and the Bears and, <laughs> and one or two other teams in terms of quarterback and efficiency. You know, over the years, and I just think after the 2020 mistake they made where they took a defensive end number two and passed on Herbert and Tua and so many other productive quarterbacks that came out in that class, I think you'd be hard-pressed to see them not taking a quarterback this time around. It's probably different with you guys back there, but we were just talking about Drake May, and at least out here the conversation always goes to Caleb Williams, now Jaden Daniels, and we haven't heard much about Drake May. It's not like It doesn't seem like he's in the headlines as much is that true back there as well or do you think they're set on him well they're certainly not set on anybody i don't think number one i mean i I think this is wide open for them at this point you know it's funny we're at the point now like uh, some high school english class where everyone's reading into everything and trying to find the (laughs) symbolism and you know the what does the bird mean right (laughs) so like uh dan quinn was was on our morning show and they played word association with him, and they kind of got him in to answer a couple questions about the rookie. And he said, you know, Drake May, athletic, Jaden Daniels, game changer. So everyone took that to mean, oh, Dan Quinn obviously wants Jaden Daniels. <laughs> um, I think it depends on who you talk to, right? I ran a, a poll on X about a week ago, and it was the vast majority of like several thousand people said they wanted Drake May. I think that's because that's who I've advocated for. So, like, my audience, my following, a lot of the numbers I've posted have been pro-May. But I would say in terms of callers and just the interactions I have around town, Jaden Daniels is the more prevalent, popular kind of fan pick if you did a a straw poll. Not that that means a whole lot. But, look, I get it. I mean, it's not that exciting to 
not be the Heisman Trophy winner and not be an electric runner and not run at a you know a four three nine or four four two or whatever the heck Jaden Daniels will run at his pro day. Uh, it's just Drake May's not as sexy. He's not a highlight real guy. What's funny is he's a way more athletic, way more mobile, and frankly, uh, way more apt scrambler and runner than people think. He, he the last two years he had forty two scrambles on third and fourth down, for first down. Jaden Daniels isn't as an, just a comp had twenty two. Uh, him and, and uh, Caleb Williams combined had 45, just a couple of more than Drake May did. So I think May's a way better runner, scrambler, athlete, mobile QB than people think, in the same way that Daniels is probably a better passer than people think of, of him as just kind of a dual threat who makes a lot of plays with his feet. But if I was making the pick as of right now, I would take Drake May second. I think I'm probably in the minority in town. Uh, big deal, not a big deal that Josh Harris, the owner, is at the Combine sitting in on some of these meetings? It's a good question. We debated this certainly all day long yesterday. I, not for me. Not a big deal at all. I mean, he, he basically called a shot here. He said early on, especially when he became an owner in the NHL and the NBA, he sat in on everything he could to learn. And I would be, frankly, uh, you know, a little surprised if he's not going to try to improve his football knowledge and acumen as, as quickly and, and as much as he can here in the short term as a brand-new owner. Now, if I was to find out, that he is helping to run the meeting or asking questions of the players or doing anything other than just kind of sitting in the back of the room with a steno pad, yeah, I'd be a little bit uh, disappointed. Uh, look, if Dan Snyder was in these meetings, we'd all be, you know, burning the boats and going crazy around here, right? I mean, everyone <laughs> would be losing their mind. But I think there's a reason for that. I mean, this guy is a convicted, proven, draft-ruining, uh, pick-taking-over, you know, uh, power-hungry owner who is terrible. So in the same way people, you know, they'll call in yesterday and say, you're just saying this because you like Josh Harris. Well, no, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you know, just because you, your ex uh, cheated every time they said they were staying late at work doesn't mean that uh, you, your, you know, new spouse who's been pretty good to you, uh, the, the night that they have to work on their proposal is doing the same thing. So I'm going to give Josh Harris the benefit of the doubt here and say he's brand new to this. He talked about wanting to learn and being involved as much as possible. I was actually told from my sources in the building that Adam Peters asked him to come and wanted him to be there to kind of see how they cooked here. So I'll just take that for what it's worth. All right, Grant. Uh, last one before we let you go. You tweeted this out. Uh, you think J.J. McCarthy's going top 10 in the draft? I absolutely do. I'd be stunned if he didn't. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy is the prototypical, the more time you spend around him, the more you like him, kid. Like, every interview he does, every minute he spends with the team, they're going to like this guy more and more and more. And his biggest issue was he really wasn't asked to do a whole lot in college, as you guys know. They ran the heck out of the ball. They played good defense. Like, he was very much a game manager. But there was a lot more in the tank there, I think, according to most of the teams. And what I've been told from people who do this for a living in the National Football League is not only is he going to be a way better pro passer than we thought he was collegiately, but that he is the ideal and perfect fit in one of these play-action-heavy Shanahan schemes. Well, those are, you guys know this, they're in vogue. They're everywhere, right? Look at all the branches of the tree. Now, Clint Kubiak's running New Orleans, and you've got a, a, a Shanahan slash McVay disciple, which is kind of a chip off of a similar block. Now, in Atlanta, looking for a quarterback as well. I mean, probably a quarter of the league or more are guys running a similar offense to that? And if the thought is that McCarthy's a really, really good fit, see you know, Brock Purdy, where he's not the most talented guy. He's not going to be 
uh, in my opinion, you know, a top five quarterback in the NFL at any point, but he can operate that offense effectively enough that he's going to put up big time numbers and people are going to be talking about him as, you know, a top 10 guy and an MVP candidate. There is a path forward for McCarthy to play at a really high level. So I'm not telling you, I would want to be the team picking him, but I would <laughs> bet money at this point that he goes in the top 10 in this draft. Uh, real quick, just to um, a one non-football question. How quickly do we see James Wood in the national lineup this year? Come on. <laughs> How good has he been, by the way? Oh, he's been awesome phenomenal. <laughs> Three bombs already for him in six spring games. He might be one of the only players like in any camp anywhere that's played in every game. Even when he hasn't played, they brought him off the bench, which tells me you know, they're liking what they're seeing. He played center field yesterday. For people that don't know, he's six foot six plus, one of the biggest baseball players that I've seen in person. He's 230 pounds, kind of got like that Aaron Judge, not necessarily build, but like size in a clubhouse. Um, last year, he struck out 38% of the time. It was a big issue as he raised through the minor leagues, and he hit almost 30 bombs by being at some levels where the ballparks aren't power-friendly. But the strikeouts climbed, and people were alarmed. But I saw him in person a lot, and he would work counts, and he would spit on tough pitches. And, yeah, there's some swing and miss. He got long arms, but... You know, it wasn't like he had a bad idea of what he was doing at the plate, but he's put in a lot of work. He's had a heck of a camp. He's batting 500 now early on, I think, 7 for 14 to start the spring. He can play all the outfield positions. I would be very surprised if the Nats kept him in the big leagues out of opening day. I don't think that's a possibility. Just with their timeline, they're not going to be good this year. But I think if he gets off to a fast start, if he can continue to hit for power and minimize the strikeouts, He's only got two and closing in on 15 ABs this spring. I think you could see him a month or two into the season. I think that's now on the table. Grant, Danny asked that question while wearing a Washington Nationals hat, so uh, thank you for indulging <laughs> I him. love that. He's thank Grant you. Paulson from 106.7 The Fan. Grant, thank you so much for joining Thanks, Grant. us. Yeah, sorry for my tardiness, boys. We'll, we'll catch up soon. Take care. Oh, good. So there's Grant Paulson, who I think Danny booked solely to ask that question. Uh no, I I wanted to talk to. Him. I don't think you cared at all about the second no, pick I, of the draft. I you promise just wanted you, to ask about some prospect for the I, Nationals. I wanted to schedule <laughs> everyone with the top three picks, so we're gonna get a Patriots person on soon. But I did want to ask him about James Wood. <laughs> the the kid is phenomenal. <laughs> all right, we got to go to break. When we come back, I don't even know what we're doing. We're talking about more Nationals prospects, apparently. Follow the guys on Twitter, at Ed Graney and at Bischoff underscore Tyler. Today's code word to win $2,024 is CHIP, C-H-I-P. Text that in to 702-364-1100, and you are entered to win $2,024 as we try to give away $2,024 every day through the end of March. There'll be a new word on Monday, but today's word is CHIP, C-H-I-P. Danny, yesterday... Yes. You did a ride-along with Nitro Cross. I did. How did that go? How were you, Danny? It was awesome. Did you go up in the air? Uh, Not really. Okay. So I you mean, didn't, kind of, but not really. You didn't go flying 20 feet above the air? No. Above the ground? No. Okay. Where was this? It was um, in the lot right behind the parking garage for Planet Hollywood and Paris. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they, they built a... It's half dirt, half gravel, or not gravel, uh, half dirt, half road course. Okay. And then uh, they have a couple sections of stands, and then we we walk through all of the uh, the garages and the 
all that area. It was cool. Who drove you? Uh, I'm actually looking for his name. <laughs> uh, I know his last name was Bennett. I think his first name is Owen. So you were just in the passenger seat? Yes. Riding along? How fast, is, uh, how fast does this go? I don't have any idea context um, on this. If I had to guess, we were probably going 75, 80. Through an obstacle course type Through thing. an obstacle course. Had a couple close calls, I'm not going to lie. With what? With, Other cars? With barriers. Oh, we're almost running into walls and stuff. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's drifting around in the dirt and everything. It was super cool. Like, at one point, we were going sideways through turns. Never did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think... Because this NASCAR does it as well. Like other types of motorsports or racing does it where they do ride-along things. Yeah, do you think the drivers like doing it? I think so. Uh, the guy I was with, he was super cool. We were talking about like his career and everything. He started racing motocross, and he's only been doing this for about eight years. He said as he got older, the, uh, the injuries were too much, and he decided <laughs> he needed a, a protection needed a cage. frame around him while yes. he was driving. I did one with Carl Edwards in NASCAR. I don't know if he out liked here. It. I don't, yeah, I don't know if he liked it or not. Wait, did he make you do a backflip afterwards? No, he didn't. Oh, but he, he was that. hugging that wall. I was not. I was. I was scared. <laughs> he was going pretty fast. I was scared. The only thing I've done was uh, Speed Vegas, that little racetrack yeah, the tr- the that's track. south of here a little right. bit that uh, you can drive yourself around. Did the you? Thing. Yeah. And there's also there's a guy in the uh, passenger seat who's got a steering wheel and a brake pedal. Okay. And yeah, it's because you're there's a straightaway, and he's just telling you to gas it. Oh, we gotta go to brake. Oh wait, Danny's. Ca- oh wow, that was the most confusing countdown I've ever seen in my life. Now we're going to brake. 